Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. We bring you hand-selected hosts, podcasts, and talk radio programming with listening options. 24-7 streaming or listen on demand. We also feature one-on-one segments with important guests, people who have something to say that you need to hear. And if you have something to say and would like to be featured on the network, please visit speakuptalkradio.com for all of the details or contact us at pr at speakuptalkradio.com. Well, I am always thrilled to share fellow patient advocates with you And today, I have two amazing women who recently published a book titled The Confident Patient, which rapidly rose to become an international bestseller on Amazon. And they allowed me to share a bit of their journey by having me narrate and produce the book in audio format. It was just an honor and a pleasure for sure. So you're probably asking, who are these special people? I have co-authors Wendy Benson, healthcare executive and occupational therapist, and Elizabeth Myers, founder of 2 by 2 Health and a registered nurse. They both have extensive experience in various healthcare environments. 2 by 2 Health is a full-service concierge company that supports people and their loved ones on their healthcare journeys. With more than 40 years of combined clinical and leadership experience, They are both dedicated to helping others improve their health and their quality of life. Together, they have built a comprehensive team that helps with everything from navigating a complex health issue to attending doctor appointments to assisting with hospital discharge and transitioning home. And right now, they are here to share some of their wisdom when it comes to staying safe within the healthcare system. So welcome, Beth and Wendy. Hi, Pat. Thank you so much for having us. It is my pleasure, and it was fun working with both of you, so thank you for that opportunity. You did a great job. Thank you for helping us. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I want each of you to tell us just a bit about why you are involved in the healthcare world. Sure. So this is Beth. I wanted to become a nurse. My mother is a nurse, and my stepfather is a physician, and I just could tell when they worked with people how much people trusted them. With nursing being one of the, the most trusted professions, out there, people listen to us and feel comfortable when we're around. And I wanted to make sure that I had a profession that had the same that they did. And just the way you approach people makes them feel comfortable. So it's, it's such a positive. Thank you. Thank you. And what about you, Wendy? You know, I became an occupational therapist because it was so important to me that we all become more and more independent with our choices. And I think that as an occupational therapist, you really help people achieve 
the best possible functions for the things that are important in your daily life. And so it can be someone who has gone through an accident and needs to go through physical rehabilitation. It might be an individual who's born with a serious condition and needs to develop strategies and um, compensate for some limitations that they may have. And I just kind of felt like that's resonated throughout my professional life. As an occupational therapist, it was really important for me to help people become more and more independent. And then as a healthcare executive, there's nothing more that I loved more than just helping teams become more and more independent and achieve the best possible version of helping our patients. And that just kind of fed into the confident patients as well, really helping people have the tools that they need to become more and more confident and independent going forward as they're really seeking the best possible outcomes for themselves and their family members. Right, right. You know, just as a side note, when people think about physical therapy, I know I didn't know much about occupational therapy. And when my mom was in the hospital for four months and finally was able to get out before she got out, they did a lot of extensive occupational therapy with her. And I remember her being in the hospital in the kitchen, helping them to make brownies. And I never thought she was going to live, let alone make a brownie again. And I remember when she and the occupational therapist came out and showed me these brownies, I just broke down into tears. I, it, it was just such a moment. So I am just so appreciative of the work that you do as an occupational therapist. Thank you so much. You know, I think that there's things that some of us do throughout our daily life that become critically important when it's not so easy to do anymore. You know, whether it's mobility, whether it's dressing ourselves, whether it's making brownies. And as a child, like playing effectively and, you know, and having a good time with, with other children. So I think that no matter what the functions of your daily life are, the more and more we can increase that independence, the more that we feel good about what we're able to accomplish and can interact with each other. Right. Absolutely. So now your business is called Two by Two Health. Maybe just give us a little idea of what kind of assistance your company, Two by Two Health, actually offers. Sure. So this is Beth. Um, so Two by Two Health is a team of experienced professionals who help fill the medical gap. Um, we offer coordination of services, clinical companionship, and recovery of care for individuals and their families. So it's like having a lot of patient advocates on your side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of patient advocates, maybe similar to having a daughter in the family, mm -hmm. just kind of being there when people really need us. And there's a lot of folks that don't have family members and don't know who or where to turn, and so your company does help with that. And you are based out of Chicago. That is correct. Okay, just so our listeners know that. All right, so the book, The Confident Patient, what caused you to think, wow, we need a book here? Such a great question, Pat. <laughs> Even though we work with clients of all different ages and various priorities in their um, healthcare conditions, we really started noticing lots of common themes. And we thought how important it would be to spread the word beyond the patients that we're able to help with directly. You know, what an impact if we were able to spread the word in a much broader way. So the Confident Patient is a guide, and it coaches individuals and their family members in a way that helps support them. It provides real-life patient stories, sample questions, and advice from medical professionals across the country. It's really been a collaborative effort. Beth is a nurse. I'm an occupational therapist, like you mentioned, Pat, and we've interacted with, you know, just hundreds of amazing people like you who all want to help people have more knowledge and to be able to ask more questions so that they can better understand what's happening with them currently and then where they want to go forward with increased independence and in an optimal way. 
Well, I'm happy you did because I just mentioned you were in Chicago. So that's going to leave people thinking, well, gee, I'm halfway across the country. But basically your book takes your expertise and it takes it out of Chicago and it puts it throughout the entire world. As I said, it became an international bestseller. So now everyone can benefit from what you know and what you have to offer. Thank you so much. And, you know, one of the um, one of the neat things about the collaboration in The Confident Patient is that we realize that people are more and more comfortable understanding that they need to ask questions, but oftentimes we don't know what questions to even start with. So as we were putting together the material for The Confident Patient, we realized how important that component was, which is why in Appendix A of The Confident Patient, it's literally question after question that people can either use as they are when they're coordinating with their medical team or personalize for their own specific situation. Yes, I found that very, very helpful because you tell people, oh, you have to speak up, you have to ask questions, but okay, what am I supposed to ask? So that whole Appendix A has, it's thorough, it has many, many questions that a person can look and think, oh, all right, I can say those words. Right, right. Yep. All right. Well, let's continue talking about the confident patient. We think we know what that is, but what in your minds, what does a confident patient mean? So to me, uh, the confident patient is someone who knows and feels comfortable with their care plan. And those that are not familiar with the care plan, that's the plan that the physician and the patient makes to direct the care. And I also feel that a confident patient is someone that has a good relationship with their care team, the entire team, the primary care maybe the hospitalist, maybe the um, the specialist, their nurses, someone that they feel like they can ask questions with and um, learn more from them. You're saying that it's important to have a relationship, but I think so many patients feel uncomfortable thinking that they can't have a relationship because they're not on the same par or the same level or the same educational level. So again, that's where your book, just knowing some of those questions or knowing some of the things that you share in the book, makes them more educated and therefore makes them feel more confident to have a relationship with their providers. That's such an excellent point, Pat. You know, when my mother was terminally ill when I was in my 20s, I often felt intimidated, even though I was, you know, trained as an occupational therapist and knew some of the lingo, it was still pretty overwhelming. And I think that there are a lot of questions that we can ask that aren't threatening or posed in a way um, that's confrontational. But I think even simply saying something like, can you help me understand this a little bit better? Every industry has acronyms and lingo and, and um, words that none of us are born knowing what the meaning of. So I think that it's okay to say even something like, when I explain this later to my family members, I want to make sure they understand. Um, I think that it can go a long way to help build those relationships with the medical providers because they do want people to know what's going on. It's just that I think sometimes when you're living in that world and have been educated in that world, sometimes we all need a reminder that, um, you know, we need to take a step back and just talk through some of the terminology, some of the conditions in a way that everyone who's a part of that conversation can truly understand it. Yes, yes. Because our providers are very well educated, especially in their field or their focus, but they're not necessarily teachers. So as you're saying, it's just so easy just to rattle off what you already know and just assume everybody understands. So I think speaking up and, and trying to have that relationship almost kind of forces our provider to help teach us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there's so many chapters in this book that really make an impact for, for me and I'm sure for our listeners, but I want to talk about uh, two of them in particular. And one is chapter five. It's titled Preparing for a Successful Surgery. 
I think so many folks that I've spoken to, they tell me they're going to have surgery. And well, what's wrong? What are they going to do? And the answer is, gee, I don't know. So what steps can our listeners take prior to and directly after their surgery, or even if we're talking about a surgery for a loved one, what steps can they take to really become part of that relationship, not only with their provider, but also the relationship with that actual surgical procedure? Thanks, Pat. Um, first, it's important to identify your primary goal for surgery. Um, is the hope that it will help alleviate pain, increase range of motion, or improve your function? It's important to make sure that you and your medical teams are all on the same page when setting your goals and expectations. Second, you want to select a surgeon who has you have confidence in, someone who has done a lot of volumes of these types of surgeries, and someone who can either answer your questions or have a strong team that can help with this. And then third, it's important to get a second opinion, and surgeons definitely respect and encourage you to do this. So for preparing for surgery, it is important to know if there are activities to start or stop in the weeks and days leading to surgery, such as medications, physical activity, um, are there any dietary restrictions? And it's important for you to know who, if you have any questions leading up to the surgery, who can you call and talk to? And you also want to uh, consider where you will be recovering and expected modifications or restrictions that can plan for that you can plan for in advance, such as do you have stairs? Are you going to be able to bend at the waist? Um, or do you need to bend at the hips and the knees? What steps can you take in advance that will make it easier for you when you are recuperating from your surgery? Although there is much more on this in the confident patient, we are really, really like to focus on preparations for the after surgery to proactively plan for your recovery phase of your surgery. And I think that's something most people miss. They don't think about what happens afterwards and, and am I going to need help and how do I, as you say, modify my home and how am I going to feel and what should I look for? So think that uh, after surgery conversation needs to be held before surgery. Absolutely, Pat. We often find that people are understandably, you know, a little apprehensive and, you know, maybe even bordering on really nervous before surgery. But there's so many discussions that can take place in advance of the surgery um, with the surgeon and with the surgical team about what the potential restrictions will be afterwards. You know, we um, had a great uh, interview and conversation with Dr. Shri Palai who's a pediatric surgeon who we work with regularly. And he has shared that he gives the discharge instructions and restrictions to the parents of his patients well before the surgery so that they can talk about it in advance with his patients. So if a little one is going to be really disappointed about, you know, not being able to attend gym class for a while, they can have that conversation in advance instead of broaching that subject right after the surgery when somebody's not feeling their best. And as an adult, if someone's going to need some extra help with, you know, meal preparation, um, transportation, uh, maybe changing the location of where they're sleeping due to stairs, those conversations, it's so much easier to prepare for those in advance than when you're dealing with the actual feeling of the physical recovery and then having some of that mental anxiety about how you're going to deal with your recovery. For sure. And as you said, with a child, you want to bring a parent. But even with an older person or, you know, any age person, you probably should bring somebody with you just because I know how it is for me when you're there by yourself and you hear all this talking and you could only comprehend so much and you're scared and nervous and probably in an altered state. And so you really don't quite recall what has been said. So if you have another set of ears and eyes and even a mouth to speak up, I think that's beneficial too whoever's going to be assisting you afterwards will also know what has been said and what to expect. So thank you for that. That's chapter five, folks, preparing for a successful surgery. 
Now, I know you have shared with me that you have another chapter that was one of your favorites to write, and that was chapter eight, what your medical team wants you to know. What did you learn from the medical experts you interviewed for this chapter? Uh, you know, that's such an excellent question, Pat. When, just like you mentioned, I think there are sometimes feelings of being intimidated when we're interacting with our medical professionals. And one of the really fantastic outcomes of working on this book together with our medical colleagues is how much it resonated in every single conversation, how passionately the medical professionals want to empower the patients and their families that they work with. Over and over, we heard, make sure that people ask for a second opinion. Make sure that people tell us if there are barriers to following through on something, your physicians, your nurses, they want to know about it. I think that over and over, we heard things like ask questions, curiosity is encouraged, the healthiest patients are the ones that want to know more about their current situation and what to do going forward. So to me, even though we work with a lot of people who um, embody that regularly, when embarking on writing this chapter, it was just such a profound acknowledgement that the medical professionals across the country um, really think that there is so much value in a collaborative relationship with their patients and their families. I felt that too, and I was very happy about that because so many people feel that they don't have a voice or that their voice is not wanted. And so that chapter really cements that indication that, no, they want you to be a part of the journey and the conversation with them. So that was a great chapter. Chapter eight, folks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You know, if, if we have time for a quick example, yes. um, one of the physicians that we worked with on, on the content for this chapter, Dr. Kathy Tynus, had shared with us that she had prescribed a medication for one of her patients. And when the patient went to fill the prescription, it was um, very, very expensive and prohibitive. And the patient called uh, Dr. Tynus's office to double check and said, if this is a medication that's really important for me to take, I will make adjustments to my budget and make sure I um, am compliant with this. And Dr. Tynus is like, absolutely not. There are so many other options. I think just knowing that sometimes the physicians and the nurses aren't even aware, of course, on like, you know, what the insurance coverage might be, um, the various options in terms of the price. So she was able to make an adjustment in the prescription and still take care of the patient's needs for a fraction of the cost. So she was using that as an example when talking to us on how important it is to make sure that if there are things that are really troublesome, to share it with your medical team and then you can work together to try to solve the issue. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yes, yes. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that little piece of wisdom. That's that's good to know because you think, oh, they prescribe that. I have to take that. But hey, you can still have a conversation about it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Beth, any story or favorite chapter from the book that you would like listeners to know about? Sure. So I really liked this story in chapter four. Uh, the chapter was entitled Dealing with a Difficult Diagnosis or Medical Condition. And it talked about um, Donald, who was a 78-year-old patient who was admitted for surgery with for colon cancer. Um, his adult daughter, Nancy, lived across the country. She flew in for the surgery. Um, and when it was getting time to be discharged, 
they both kind of were really apprehensive and scared. And so their physician contacted us and said, you know, we have a new patient I'd like for you to see. When we walked in the room, the patient you could just tell was just completely at ease. She referred to us as her angel. She knew we would take care of her. But the reason why I like that story is so much happened in this case. You know, we took care of her after she got discharged from the hospital. There were some issues that we needed to take care of, like home health didn't show up. Um, it was a holiday, but we made sure that we took care of it, and she she felt you know confident in that. And then all of her subsequent appointments, we would go to. Nancy had a family back in another state. She felt comfortable going home, and we would communicate with her. And we we just really had a great uh, relationship, good communication with the physicians, the family, the patient. It, it was a real real success story. That really is a success story, and it also then underlines that theme, basically, that resonates through your whole book, is that you need to develop and maintain these meaningful relationships and find people that are going to be best to join your teams. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So important. All right. So much to talk about here. I want to make sure we cover everything we can. Let's just talk about your biggest piece of advice. What would be one piece of advice that could be a game changer when it comes to staying safe within the healthcare environment, and, and both of you can answer that. You know, Pat, I think there are so many things that, I, that can make an immediate impact. I think having someone go with you to your um, doctor's appointments is really, really important. I think that even if we're trained in the medical field, trying to take in the information as well as remember the questions that you want to ask can be really daunting. So I think, you know, writing down your questions in advance Having someone there with you to be able to either help you ask the questions or to you be able to, you know, take notes and remember what was being discussed. Those things can really help you feel more confident in your healthcare experience. There are a number of questions that, you know, you can be prepared for if you're heading into a surgery. There are a number of questions that I think are really important if you're about to be discharged from the hospital. Things like, how much support do you think I'll need if I need a little bit more than I thought I was going to? Do you have any recommendations regarding that? And I think one of the most critical questions, if you're being discharged from the hospital or a surgical procedure, is really finding out who to contact and in what way if you have any follow-up questions. Because oftentimes, if you're being discharged from the hospital, or you're going home after the procedure, it's it can be difficult if you're not feeling great to know who to contact and how to do that, whether it's through a direct phone call or whether that's through a call center, but to make sure you know the next step. Excellent advice. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, this is Beth, and I, I just can't say it enough, but having someone with you at all times is so important. And maybe that is not the husband bringing his, just his wife. Maybe it's somebody else coming with, you know, the wife, that's her husband who's receiving bad news. There's so much going on in her mind. She feels sad and, and scared, and she's not listening either. So in, in that situation, both of them are really patient. So you really need to have someone there who can really think about it and ask the thoughtful questions. And then when everyone goes home and they, they digest it a little bit more, um, they and they have some more questions, they can contact that person that was with them and hopefully get a little relief at, you know, at 2 in the morning when these questions are coming up again so they can get some sleep. 
So I, I really think it's important to bring someone with you to the doctor's appointment. I am so agreeing with that. And when I tell that to people, sometimes you get a deer in the headlights look because they wonder who are they going to bring or they're going to bring somebody who doesn't have any clue, if I want to use that word, of what's going on either. So now you have two people that really don't understand the situation and two people that aren't going to speak up. So that's where your company, 2 by 2 Health, really can help people by providing somebody who has been there, done that, has the experience, and can very competently go with somebody to a doctor's appointment. And, you know, we are always happy to, you know, take phone calls and, and people tell us their stories. And we kind of say, even though they're not maybe in the Chicagoland area, we would say these would be the first three things I would ask the physician to kind of get the conversation rolling a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes people just need to be, you know, coached. Yes, absolutely. And so you both gave great pieces of advice. I'm going to give my piece of advice, and that is to get a copy of the book because that will help you know what kind of questions to ask and to help you to become more empowered and obviously to become exactly what the title of the book suggests, A Confident Patient. So what's next for the two of you? I know you're going to obviously continue with your business, 2 by 2 Health, but uh, anything else on the horizon that we should be aware of? Um, well, that's a good, interesting question. We'll see how that goes. Um, we really are excited to spread the word about the confident patient. We're um, just absolutely thrilled that it's been well received, and we just want to help more and more people. Well, we will keep our eyes on you, and any news that needs to be shared, I will share it with our listeners as well. So, is there anything we missed? I'm sure there's loads that we missed, but that you wanted to be sure to bring out in today's conversation. One of the quotes in our book is Henry Ford, who uh, once said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I think that, you know, by listening to your show, Pat, people are being proactive about taking care of their own health care needs and those that they care about. So I think the more that we can do to help each other, to help ourselves, the more that we're going to feel confident in our abilities. And we just want as many people as possible to have increased health and increased confidence. Thank you for that. Anything from you, Beth? You did such a great job, Pat, picking out the important parts of the book. I would love for people to, to buy the book, share it with their family members and friends. Um, at one point in our life, unfortunately, we're all going to be going through a stressful situation, and, and hopefully this book can take a little stress off of some people. The book is found at Amazon.com. It's a confident patient. Or you can um, find it on our uh, website, which is www2, as in the number, 2x. To Great. You answered my next question. So we know where folks can go to purchase the book and find out more about both of you. It's 2x2health.com. Beth Myers and Wendy Benson. The book is The Confident Patient, available at their website, available on Amazon. And I just love both of you. You have no idea what just a high it was for me to be able to be just a tiny part of the production of this book. So I I thank you for the work that you do, for the impact that you're making on people and for being my friend. So thank you both so much. Oh my gosh. It is our pleasure, Pat. It was a joy to work with you. And one of the many benefits of this um, collaborative project was working with you and others who really want to make a significant difference in the lives of others. Thank you. Uh, We've got a mutual admiration club, I think. (laughs) All right, folks, Beth Myers, Wendy Benson, 2x2 Health, and be sure to get a copy of The Confident Patient. Thank you both, and we will have to do this again sometime. Thank you so much, Pat.
Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the voice of Mrs. Green on the airwaves. Mrs. Green's world is a global movement of ideas and actions made up of people who care about their own health and the health of this planet. If you're interested in things like clean water, clean air, clean oceans, or would like to know more about just what it means to live a sustainable life, you will love to hear what our guests from all over the world have to say. Please visit our website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. Hi, I'm Jana Panaritas, host of the AgeWise podcast and a caregiver for my aging mom. Do you mind telling us how old you are, mom? I do mind. I would say forget it. Yep, that's my mom. Many of the guests on my show are caregivers who sometimes get into arguments with their loved ones. That's why it's important to talk with each other about what you're feeling. Mom and I do this a lot, but we didn't used to because after my father died, she was so devastated by her loss, she could barely speak. The biggest shock of my life was when he died. Listeners have told me they appreciate hearing from caregivers on the show because it helps them to know they're not alone. Join me each week at speakuptalkradio.com for caregiving stories that will help you feel less alone. To learn more about the show, visit agewise.com. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z.com. Are you enjoying your life right now, Mom? Very much. I want to live forever. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Lots to think about and plenty to share with others. And to do so, simply head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com, where you can listen to today's show again and hear previous episodes, all under the Radio Archives button. And while you're there, visit the shop page to get a copy of the life-saving book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Your Hospital Survival Guide. And if you just need more of me, invite me to speak to your group, club, church, business, or hospital. My presentations are fun, fast-paced, informative, and life-saving. Visit speakupandstayalive.com for more information. Email me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or call me and leave a message on the radio studio line, 440-725-5462. That is 440-725-5462. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for Informed Choice. Hi, I'm Pat Rulo, author, speaker, and radio host of Speak Up Talk Radio. I'm local and vocal when it comes to healthcare safety. If you need a life-changing topic and speaker for your next event, call me, 440-725-5462, or visit speakupandstayalive.com. Patient safety is your right, so don't go wrong. Let me share what I know with your group, 440-725-5462, or visit speakupandstayalive.com.